Six and a half years ago, we got together in a little room and we said, what do we want to do? We want to play together, we want to see the world, we want to love women, we want to make people happy. And the first, and the first song that we managed to get together goes something like this. Well, good evening, good afternoon. Hello, everybody. I hope everyone's having a great December. It is December 2022. You are listening to ZepFan, the All Things Led Zeppelin podcast. Welcome. This is episode 10. You could search previous podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, search Led Zeppelin, search ZepFan. You'll find it. My guest for today is author Martin Popoff. Martin is author of roughly 115 books ranging from hard rock, heavy metal, progressive rock, record collecting, and a list obviously goes on. He has written for Goldmine and BraveWords.com, as well as many CD liner notes for artists such as Dio, Molly Hatchet, Montrose, Rush, and Twisted Sister. Today, he is here to talk about his book, Led Zeppelin, all the albums, all the songs. Let's welcome Martin Popoff to the show. Martin, how's it going today? Oh, it's going going fine. Very cool. Thanks for having me. Always a good time to talk Zeppelin. So, right. Well, that's how I feel too. That's why I have this podcast. Um, so, I mean, that's a pretty impressive resume. I mean, at what age did you realize I want to write music or I want to be an author for uh, being a music writer? Boy, I was act. I was actually thirty. Um, so wow. Okay. My, my first book was a self-published book of record reviews called Riff Kills Man, 25 Years of Recorded Hard Rock and Heavy Metal. And I was in the print broking business. So it so it just seemed like, you know, I wasn't scared about the making a book process, didn't get a publisher, just self-published it. Um, okay. But yeah, so I was uh, I was just a, a crazy music fan since about nine, 10 years old or whatever. So 71, 72. Uh, so, you know, massive music fan, but really didn't get into the business till then. And then quickly after, uh, that's when I had first moved to Toronto. And then I met Tim Henderson, who was running the the heavy metal department of HMV. He was just breaking away from Drew Masters, who had a metal magazine here in Toronto called Meat cool. Magazine. And we started Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles in uh, May of 94. And that's when I started interviewing lots of guys and keeping on, you know, writing a lot of record reviews and like you say, liner notes and stuff like that. And then the books just kind of kept coming. Right. In the magazine, um, Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles, you actually had Led Zeppelin on the cover in 2003. So great. For hey, there you there. go. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. it goes August, if I'm not mistaken. That was really fun because uh, basically what happened there was, um, and I didn't tell Tim, Tim, Tim's the boss and Tim's like assigning people to do things and whatnot. And, and there was the, um, I think that was when, uh, when, when the West was how the West yeah, that, was one, yeah, yeah, that comp. I think it might have been that comp that was coming out or something around that time. And um, I had happened to um, go see uh, King Crimson, right? Uh, well, hang on, wait a sec. Um, it was either it was either a combination of of getting to actually no, that was it. So so it, it wasn't when I got to meet John Paul Jones when I when I went and saw King Crimson with John right. Paul He's Jones backing up. John Paul Jones was opening. Yeah, I, I think I got a surprise phoner and I hadn't even told Tim this yet. So I interviewed John Paul Jones for um, for one of his solo albums. I think it was Thunder Thief at that time. Yeah, that was the one where he's touring with uh, King Crimson. Yeah. So, so it must've been a combination of that and then meeting him and getting a little more from him. Cause I interviewed him a little bit as well when I met him. Um, but, um, but I just surprised him with, uh, 
you know, I just said, Tim, I've got your cover story. Don't worry. Uh, just, you know, keep working on the mag. I'm going to turn something in that you're really going to like. And I turned that in. It's like, wow, we can put a <laughs> Zeppelin on the cover because it was, it was a good Zeppelin interview. It wasn't right. all under thief. John Paul Jones, super nice guy. Right. Really, yeah. really good guy to interview. And he was, he had some really insightful things to say about Zeppelin songs and stuff. And, uh, and basically it, it, it aligned with, uh, with, with their actually being Zeppelin news and boom, we put them on the cover. Right. And, you know, with his album Zuma and the Thunder Thief, I mean, you could clearly see why he's, you know, 25 percent of Led Zeppelin. I mean, he has such a strong force. And I remember when Zuma first came out, you listen to that album. It's like so strong. And you just expect Paige to be riffing all over that because it's just it's such a great album. Yeah. Yeah. So really good. You you have such a wealth of knowledge with music, right? You, you're talking about metal. You do punk. You do, you know rock and roll i guess is the genre i mean do you have a favorite genre that you like not particularly a genre um i have i have favorite bands across a lot of genres but yeah i, I was a big punk guy I've, I've you know in recent years i've been getting into post-punk a fair bit i'm a pretty big prog guy it's right. mostly zeppelin i mean mostly classic rock yeah. the stuff i grew up with right i mean it, it's the key albums from from that sort of 1976 through to the end say the end of the new wave of british heavy metal that era those are all my favorite bands right um but yeah i mean my list of favorite bands is is a pretty boring list it's 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 a bunch of bands you would sort of expect that are are, are massive bands right but right. uh yeah, I, I would say uh, if, if there's one genre I, I like the most, it's dad rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is dad rock? Like yacht rock? Or is yeah, it just well, like no, old I mean, school Zeppelin? To, to me, dad <laughs> rock is just anything super old. I, I right. mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I, I would say most of my favorite bands are bands that were huge in the late 70s. Okay. And that includes punk and metal and all that other stuff. Yeah. Well. I mean, I don't have too many punk bands that are favorite bands because most of those right. bands didn't put out 10 albums, but The Clash right. would certainly be up there. Right. But, uh, you know, I often cite uh, the likes of Blue Oyster Cult, ZZ Top, ACDC, um, those kinds of bands. Um, yeah. Um, not Zeppelin. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put Zeppelin in, in my top seven or eight, I don't think. Is that right? Okay. Um, but yeah, um, I, I def I, I think Deep Purple, Thin Lizzy uh, are definitely up there quite often. Uh, I think I, I went on a video show and said Thin Lizzy recently, but I, I've I've been known to say uh, ACDC or ZZ Top as well. Yeah, it's a mood thing too, because I mean we've heard those songs so many times. It just depends on if you heard it in the, on the way to you know driving somewhere or something like that. That sparks interest for me. Whenever I hear a Zeppelin song, not only and you may do this now since you've written a book, but when you hear that song. You don't hear just that song. You think of the backstory of it, where they're at recording, what they're doing in their lives at that time. So there's so much involved when you, as an author, I would imagine, write about a band. There's so much involved when you hear a song now. Yeah. And with Rush, I think of work because I've done six Rush books. So, <laughs> right. Well, so out of, I mean, 115 books, that's pretty impressive. What I mean, what are some of the most popular ones? I would imagine Rush would be one of them. Well, this Zeppelin one, I actually is one of my favorites uh, because it's beautifully put together. It's hardcover, yes. it's color throughout. And what I really like about it is that I is essentially analyze every single song start to finish. So I did the exact same thing with the same production values for the same publisher on The Clash. So that's my second favorite book. And just recently, even though it's not much to look at, it's just like a, a trade paperback, but I've done the exact same thing again with the band The Damned. So literally those three books are my favorite books for something about just being able to sit down and write 400, 500 words on every last damn right. song is, is a really satisfying exercise. 
Okay. Well, talk about how this comes about. This like this Led Zeppelin book, for example. Does a publisher have the idea? He's going, I'm going to go to Martin and have Martin write it. Or do you have this idea and shop it to other publishers? Yeah. Well, with this publisher in particular, um, my editor over there, Dennis Pernu, he's he's an awesome music fan himself. And they sit around and come up with ideas. So quite often, these ideas have come from the publisher. In fact, I've just done... Um, uh, what are, what are we calling Bowie at 75. So, so nice. my, my latest very plush book comes in a slip plastic slip cover with felt on it and screen nice. printing and, and a, a two a fold out pages and an envelope with a rep, retro poster in it, repro poster. Um, and, um, so, so this at, at series, um, you know, other people have written some other ones and I've written another one as well. I I've done ACDC at 50. So this whole, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, this is like 75 career highlights. That's their idea. I think this, all the albums, all the songs thing was also their idea. And then, and then I've also done a series of five books for them called album by album, where I've gone and assembled a panel of 10 or 12 people, uh, you know, and they, they wanted me right. to try and get some celebrities and, and essentially do a Q and a on every studio album. And that was their idea. Um, so I, I've had some ideas as well, and they've had other ideas that aren't great ideas, like the illustrated history where it's, it's more like, okay, we just want, you know, a book of this many words and the history of the band. Right. But yeah, I, I love, a, I love that, that they actually have these ideas, these concepts, because they've already vetted them with their salespeople and, and they know it's right. going to work or they think it's going to work enough to just say, hey, do you want to do the one on this band? And yeah. But the other thing with them is that they go away and do all the image gathering and stuff and, and the, you know, working with the agencies and getting the, the memorabilia. And Dennis does an amazing job of that. And I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So I just have to write the thing. So that's why there's a copy of the Zeppelin right here. That's right. that's why. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah that, that that's why this is so much fun because I just I just have to do the words, turn in the words, and they turn out a beautiful book. Right, and there's nothing. I've I have a graphic design background, and I've also self published two Led Zeppelin books, and I used to do a Led Zeppelin fanzine in the '90s. But there's nothing more gratifying than once it's off the press, you smell it, you open it up, you feel the pages. You know, look at the cover. Then obviously, you always find one or two mistakes. You're like, "Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I know no I don't read them. anything. Yeah. I, I'm scared to read it at all." Right? Well, yeah. I have to say the layout of the book is pretty amazing too. It what mm -hmm. I like about it, it's almost like a you know you're looking at the back of an album. So it has the information on the artist, of course, what instruments they play, the the record sales, the charts, and everything. So it's really informative, and you dive pretty deep into the albums and um, the photos used are are. Um, align with the year that's you're talking about, yep. which is a big thing to Zeppelin fans, right? Because we're so nitpicky, you know, when you meet a Zepp fan that knows everything or feels like they know everything, they'll see a picture and like, that's not 73, that's 75, that shouldn't be in that section. So I think this book does a really great job of that, kind of going through the years and, and showcasing those photos and stuff. What is preparation on this book? So they come to you this idea of, Martin, we want you to do all the albums, all the songs, do you lock yourself in a room for two weeks? How long do you have to write this? And you know what? What do you do to kind of uh, just self self absorb yourself with Led Zeppelin? Yeah, um, I, I do tend to want to just be working on one book at a time and try not to mess, you know, mix it up with another book. Although I've quite often had to do that as well. Um, but yeah, you just literally immerse yourself, listen to nothing about Ze but Zeppelin. I've got you know my my iPod classics are full when I'm walking around. Love the classic, to yeah. the office. 
or driving in the car. Um, and with this, you know, there's a lot of putting on the headphones, listening what's going on the right channel, left channel, that kind of thing. Doing a lot of research, reading all the old interviews, other Zeppelin books. Um, you know, Dave Lewis is all, all, all obviously right. uh, a, you know a great resource, right? You know that guy's a legend. Um, and um, and yeah, just just you know comparing everything and seeing everybody's notes and what they're saying, and then and then you know I have a big. In fact, I am I am apparently a publisher looked into this once. I've written more record reviews than anybody in the history of mankind. Get a book world record right there. Yeah, 7900 <laughs> reviews. So I, I definitely have a reviews background. So so a lot of this is reviewing and analysis right. and uh, and bringing a drummer's perspective to it as well, you know, a, a, a somewhat of a musician's perspective too. Right. Are you a musician yourself? Do you play anything? Not a great one. I'm just, uh, I was a hack drum. You know, we, we actually were a professional band in the eighties and we got paid by the bars and stuff, but <laughs> so, so I, I have been, I have been a drummer and I've always owned a guitar and bass and stuff like that. And, and we we have a keyboard and, uh, and, you know, I've always played a little bit of that stuff too, but no, yeah, I mean, you bring a little bit of a musical perspective to it as well, but also just as a fan and also a contextual thing, right. you know, being someone who was there in the seventies and comparing what's going on with Zeppelin to the stones and Saturn and all that kind of stuff. and Right. So that's a question I have for you. Um, so you obviously have a wealth of knowledge of music and have listened to more bands that, that I could ever imagine, it sounds like. You already knew Led Zeppelin music, but after doing this deep dive into the Led Zeppelin catalog, I mean, what is your takeaway of Zeppelin songs or the albums, for example, um, production values compared to other bands? You know, let's we'll kind of go from the top from Led Zeppelin one on down and maybe you could tell me some of your favorite songs or something that you thought was an interesting fact. You know, for Led Zeppelin one, I mean, what was your takeaway? Yeah, so so Zeppelin one, I definitely wouldn't. I I can't say I lived that. I would have been six years old. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, three three four years later, I was right. I was already having context. But so Zeppelin one, I think the the most important thing about that is that um, I I almost figure that that it's it's one of the very first albums that makes the blues interesting for metalheads. And that's yeah. what I was. I was a metalhead, right? So it's, so it's exciting. It's, uh, it's varied. Um, it's got folk in it. Um, it's up tempo. Uh, I just, I just did a, we, we do a weekly show on sea of tranquility YouTube channel where we just did one, the roots of thrash. And, and we, you know, we talked about communication breakdown, right. right? Um, and, uh, and it's, it's somewhat doomy and, uh, and it's got uh, this new, kind of expressive wild vocalist um you know they're a they're a power trio with four guys in the band and stuff so so for that for that time it it absolutely was um you know for 1970 it already sounds old but mm. for nine for early 1969 it's uh it's sort of the next incremental step it's right. not it's not crazy imaginative it's you know it's along the 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 Hendrix cream Yardbirds right. trajectory, but it's not it's not Black Sabbath one. I mean Black Sabbath one is a wildly creative album compared to Zeppelin one, but Zeppelin one at at its time in in 1969 at the, at the beginning of 1969 is a really exciting proposition, and it's well produced. You asked about production. For 69, it's definitely well produced. Yeah, and that's what my takeaway, even listening to all these, you know, they always remaster them stuff, but I always thought they sound so good compared to other songs you hear from bands from that era. I mean, Jimmy mm -hmm. Page was, you know, a musical genius in the went during producing all this stuff, and they sound good today. Yeah. Um, and then when you get to Zeppelin 2, I think they're even more better right. produced. Zeppelin 2, 
I, I got it because because I, I have a bit of a bone to pick on Zeppelin Productions, but um, <laughs> okay. I, th- I think I think out of all eight of them, right. I think Zeppelin two sounds the best for its time. Late 69. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they were recording yeah. all that on the road, too. Yeah. And it, it really does. It, it has enough bottom end. It has, you know, a sober amount of treble. It's not it doesn't have a lot of treble. It's not high fidelity, but it's but it's uh, it's more than workmanlike. Like it's it sounds very professional for its day. Right. So is there any standout songs on Led Zeppelin one that you really liked um, going back and researching your book? Or Led Zeppelin two that you really like? Um, you know, not nothing that that um, particularly uh, you know having to go play them again for the book. Um, but I have always liked how many more times I've always liked right. communication breakdown on Zeppelin two. I I still think whole lot of love is the um, is the standout. Um, Live and love and made I like as well. You know, it's any, anything that has a bit of you know. To me, those two songs are the ones that have the most modern modernity to them. Right. Like they're they're moving forward. They're moving forward the uh, the idea of metal because I because I was basically an uncompromising metalhead for for my my entire you know <laughs> up until really like first year university yeah. eighty one yeah. right. It was like we we mathematically had formulas for working out how heavy an album was, and that literally meant how good the album. Right. Well, and I thought I think that's a great comparison because Led Zeppelin one I thought was very heavy for, in a sense, but Led Zeppelin two had a lot more diversity because you have Thank You and you know, of course against Whole Lot of Love. So there's a lot more going on at Lemon Song, almost a continuation of Led Zeppelin one. So I just want to ask this about Led Zeppelin one, and I may be biased. Mm-hmm. Is Good Times Bad Times one of the best ever songs for a debut debut album? Yeah, it's just me. I always thought just the the drums and the bass. And then when the vocalist comes in, I think it's just such a great song. You're right. Yeah, it's a great way to start. It's a great way to start a song, even, of course. And uh, and yeah, it's it's complicated. And it also does have a little bit of pushing uh, the, you know, the envelope forward. It's not a blues song. Right. Right. Uh, Which is which is good, um, I think, in terms of like being modern. Right. So I, I think it does actually have a, a good, important place, even in the story of heavy metal. Right. Yeah, that's a, just a classic song to, for, for a great debut album. So Led Zeppelin three, your thoughts on it, production and so forth. OK, uh, production wise, don't think it's a great production. Um, and even for 1970, I don't know if particularly it's an amazing production. I love the album to death. It's my second favorite Led Zeppelin album. Love all the mellow stuff. Love all the heavy stuff. In fact, um, I'm I very often put in my top five songs of, of by Zeppelin of all time. Uh, Friends and Celebration Day. Right. I think Celebration Day is their uh, is their most kind of um, complicated short song. Uh, and I love friends. Friends is just so spooky and cool. And just, you know, when, when Jimmy, when Jimmy rises to that, uh, Nick Drake level of acoustic complication and playing, like, I honestly think Nick Drake in, co- in concentration, what he did across those three albums right. is actually better than what even Jimmy Page did on the acoustic guitar. Right. right. Um, but, but to me, to me, that's an amazing, amazing thing there. I love immigrant song. I love out the tiles. Um, and yeah, the the whole mellow side as well. So it it is my it is my second favorite of all of them. Oh, cool! And that album took a while to catch on with fans too. It was just especially coming off Led Zeppelin too. I don't think everyone got it, you know, especially considering it being a softer album. Even there's a lot of heavier songs on there. I love since I've been loving you too. That's a mm-hmm. great bluesy song. And what I I don't know if you dove into the live side of things doing this album, but that's one of a, a classic Led Zeppelin live song. So mm-hmm. for blues, it's great. 
Yeah, and 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 it's it's the touch of John Bonham that's amazing on that. Right, song. and you get the squeaky yeah. pedal in that, Especially and it's just alive and, and yeah, live as well. But uh, and you're right, it, it was um, it shocked people at the time uh, because it was so much mellower than uh, than what had come before. Right. So let's big dive into the big one. Led Zeppelin, I guess, Untitled, they call it. Led Zeppelin 4, Zoso album, yeah. whatever you want to call it. What do you call this album? Yeah, I, I call it Zeppelin 4. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Easier and, that uh, way. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's uh, it's an amazing album. Um, I, it would be my third favorite. And uh, if I if I had to like like stand off and be objective and, and, and try to try to like go along with the world, you know, you would almost say it's the best one right. um, as well. But, uh, but yeah, I, I love it to death. I, I everything they did on it was, uh, you know, we picked this direction. We, we nailed, you know, the heavy frenzied rock and roll, rock and roll type song. Uh, we got Black Dog and the complication of that and the slow beat. But it sounds like a fast song at the same time. It's got this kind yeah. of. Uh, Escher, uh, Escher sort right. of illusion to it. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, Misty Mountain Hop is incredible. You know, the one song I have it in for, and I always get heck for this is Stairway <laughs> to Heaven. I never, I never really was a big Stairway to Heaven fan. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, um, I, 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 every time I talk about Zeppelin, it sounds like I've come complaining. We've, there's been a lot going around lately about the new Metallica song in Lux Eterna. And there's, yeah. everybody's joking that, that, Anybody who's complaining about it, they're all huge Metallica fans. Right. right? That, so, and that's so, always so, what it is. So yeah. Zeppelin were the same way, right? Every time I do some list or something on Facebook, there's a lot of arguing going on. Zeppelin fans are angry people, right? Um, but um, but no, that song, I, I just, uh, I literally don't like any of the parts a lot. I don't yeah. think any of the parts on their own are super, super creative. I like the lyrics. Um yeah. But uh, and I I don't think I don't think the tone choices and the production are all that exciting either. I mean, even I I just even compare it to Misty Mountain Hop and Misty Mountain Hop sounds like a way more sophisticated song to me mm -hmm. uh, in in every way. Um, and uh, and yeah, love everything. Love Battle of Evermore and uh, when the levee breaks, all that stuff, right? But right. yeah, Stairway to Heaven for some reason. I just uh, you know what it reminds me of a little bit, Mark. Yeah, I oh, yeah. I I, uh, I just did a Metallica top twenty list, right? And people are saying. And, oh, where's one? Where's the Unforgiven and stuff? And and I always like type back and say, <laughs> Metallica ballads sound like uh, sound like a sound check in a in an arena, right? <laughs> and Stairway to Heaven yeah. kind of feels a bit like that as well. Like they should have they should have worked the arrangement a little more. Yeah, added, added some stuff to it, right? What's What's interesting about that song? Of course, it's you know for radio airplay and all that stuff. It's the, the epic Led Zeppelin song. And, you know, Robert Plant's pretty well known for not liking that song. We're not, not saying he doesn't like it, but, you know, just not being one of his favorites. He loves Cashmere. And, you know, I had the same observation the other day on another podcast. You know, I wonder if John Bonham was alive still, if he would actually like that song, because he doesn't play halfway through it. So they probably wouldn't like playing it that much live as much as doing Cashmere and so forth. So you have to wonder, while it is yeah. a great song, it's just, you know, you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with John Bonham, you wonder though, it's like he he may even like the songs more when he doesn't have to play them, right? It's <laughs> yeah, right. an extra time to throw up in a bucket or something. Like acoustic sense. <laughs> All right. So move, let's move on to House of the Holy. I thought House of the Holy was always a very unique album for me because if you look at the band's history, I mean they played and they toured consecutively consecutively up to 1973 and so forth, took the break, and and then you know. At, by House of the Holy, they were at their peak. You know, they just, they conquered the world. And this album to me really reflects that. Like, it's just very, a very happy album and stuff. So I'm just curious, what's your thoughts on it? 
Yeah, it's it's an it's another one where uh, it's another one where uh, I think that the fans um, were starting. You're, you're starting to get that complaining Led Zeppelin fan thing going, right? So so it's almost like they were happy with Led Zeppelin four. They weren't happy with three. And at this point, it almost reminds me of we just did a Rolling Stones top 10 on another uh, buddy show the other day. Right. And I made the comment that I like that period late. Lately, I've really liked that goat's head soup. It's only rock and roll period. Right. And I really like the who by numbers. And there seems to be this this period in 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 time when these big, massive bands um the fans sort of turn on them a little and start complaining about them right. a little. They don't, they, you know, it doesn't feel like it's their, their place in the world or whatever, but um, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of going against the whole premise. I had, I had some pushback saying, well, Led Zeppelin was ruling the world at that time or whatever. Right. So fair enough. Right. So, so maybe <laughs> Led Zeppelin's time actually was around this time, but we also have to realize that um, a, it's not, not that well received an album. Mm -hmm. B, it's two years from the previous album and two years to the next album. So right. there's a bit of a fallow period there. I mean, sure. So it's a it's a big live time for them. But you know, back in 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 the world of recorded history, for them to turn in an album that is a little bit, you know, down down in terms of estimation, there, there's quite a gulf going on there, right? Now, production-wise, you asked me, um, I think I think uh now. Jimmy is really sounding not good uh, compared to the rest of the world because right. he, now you've got the likes of Montrose, Montrose, you've got um, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Um, there are some really pristine, gorgeous sounding records coming out now. And, and he is, he is, Jimmy's got this kind of, um, he, he loves he loves noise and distortion and mid range. It mm -hmm. seems right. Um, I think you actually get that on, uh, somewhat on Led Zeppelin one, but we can excuse that because it's early 69. But, you know, this characteristic of his production sound um, you hear on three, four and now Houses of the Holy, I mm -hmm. think, um, where uh, where there's where, you know, it's a weird treatment of the bottom end. Right. The top end is distorted and there's lots of it. It's kind of seething and trebly and screechy. Um so yeah, I don't think it's that well produced an album. I love the songs on it. I love so many songs on it, especially Dancing Days, I think is the right. is the um, you know, the masterpiece. Song remains the same, it's a masterpiece too. Um, Love No Quarter. Um right. I love Plunge. how Song Remains the Same goes into Rain Song too. That's one of my favorite. But I think Song Remains, I mean, really good, another epic opening choice of of track one of that album with song remains yeah. the same it just really gets you going because it's and it's different than what previous zeppelin it's not led zeppelin four it's not black dog it's more of a progression kind of style so it, yeah it's really progressive well. rock style yeah. and and uh and again you know i've never really thought of this but i feel you get a I get a sophisticated complicated jimmy there the same way you do in celebration day yeah, yeah, that's okay. true. And from my understanding, that was supposed to be an instrumental. Then Robert heard it and threw some lyrics on top of it. So, and great song. Cool. Well, let's move on to Physical Graffiti. So this is another classic album of Led Zeppelin's. Some Zeppelin fans feel that it's their favorite album. What's your thoughts on this one? Because it's kind of a mix, mismatch, right? Or a mix match of everything. Kind of we have yeah. the new stuff and we have some older stuff. So what's your thought? Yeah, it's uh, I have often called this album my favorite album of all time by anybody. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, 
so occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll say, no, my favorite album is black Sabbath sabotage or clash London calling. Um, you know, I, I immediately think of London calling because, you know, we're all suckers for double albums, right? Right. right, right. So, uh, double albums <laughs> back always then. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah it's cheating. Right. It's, it's the same way. It's the same way. Live <laughs> albums are cheating. Right. Yeah. They're, they're greatest hits albums at the same time. That's why you never rank live albums when you do album. Right. Yep. But um, no, this is, uh, this is, yeah, basically my favorite album of all time by anybody. I've I've often called cool. it. Uh, I I've often uh, you know likened it to uh, to an aircraft carrier. Um, it's basically an aircraft carrier of an album. It's it's just that that you know majestic and cutting through the waves and huge, right? Um, and and uh, to me, it doesn't feel like a mishmash. You only sort of know that when you know that the, the right story. dive deep into it. Yep. Because I think uh, I think even um, you know even though it's recorded in pieces and kind of all over the place, I think the recording sounds evened out. Um, right. I, nothing really strikes me uh, as distracting recording wise. Now the actual production of it, I still think it's a pretty darn good sounding album. It's a it's um, but it still is sort of in this mid rangey meat and potatoes workman like mode. Right. But I still love it. Um, and and it's almost like I love the album so much that I'm championing what he's doing production wise right. as, as a type of genius. And, um, you know, you also do hear all the time um, producers say things like records are designed a certain way to sound good on certain types of radio, radio technology and AM versus FM and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and you can almost get it from this because I've heard producers say that about albums that are, quite squashed into the mid-range before the volume wars of today or whatever, but just when you made a mid-rangey sort of album. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I love <clears throat> everything about it. I've, I've often called uh, in my time of dying, my favorite Zeppelin song of all time. Uh, love cashmere, of course, as well. Love Rover um, houses, the Holy custard pie. So much of it sick again, right. Uh, Night flight wanton song. Um, so, um, and yeah, you're seeing I, Plant's vocals kind of change at this point too, because he, that's before right. he had the highs and stuff like that. Now he's he's still working with what he has, but it's just yeah. different now, and it's more into the tracks where sometimes you can't hear the vocals as much or make out what he's saying. Where like Led Zeppelin two and Led Zeppelin three, you could hear, understand every word, but when it gets to physical graffiti, it's a little bit harder to hear what he's saying. Yeah, he's got he's got this kind of like world weary, congested quality about it, right. right? It's a little muddy, and he and he sounds a little. Uh, almost even more emotionally pained about things right uh when he's singing yeah it's uh it yeah it's an incredible album with the, with the long songs the progressiveness then the short songs kind of you know light light lighter material as well but um you know uh i i think mathematically speaking that or four are are right. the are the heaviest albums they right. ever made yeah i think that's a good assessment i I love it in my time of dying. It's one of those when it comes on, it's like, oh, you know, it's because it's so slow a little bit. Like, do I want to listen to this? But midway through, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a great song. Yeah. And it's the longest Led Zeppelin song, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So really cool. Yeah, I think that's a classic. So now we go physical graffiti. Now we go into presence. So for me, presence, I've always considered this a guitar army album because it's all page. I mean, plant because everything he was going through, vocals were never, you know, or the lyrics were not as strong as previous albums. But I always thought just the way this is produced and Paige is just in your face on all these songs. So what's your thoughts on it? Yeah. So so this is one where um, this is this is an album that I don't quite like as much. And I and at the time, you know, at the time, I'm 13 years old. 
Um, you know, I'm I'm like I, I'm a little bit in, in that. Um, uh, I, I think that the younger bands are doing a better job uh, and, and and you and you want bands of your own generation. And you feel Led Zeppelin's a little old. And to me, I distinctly remember 1976 feeling that they sounded a little tired because, you know, what comes out for if you're a metalhead at that time, right? You know, let's start right at the top. The masterpiece of 1976 is Judas Priest, Sad Wings of Destiny. That, and, and you listen to that and you compare it to this and they're just like running right. laps around Zeppelin in every way you can imagine. Performance, production, songwriting, sophistication, everything, right? And then in Zeppelin's wheelhouse, you even have Aerosmith with Rocks. Right, a great album. Gorgeous, too. huge yeah. sounding album, complicated, catchy, accessible. So, so I definitely remember, and then you had Rainbow Rising, if you wanted to be on Rainbow Rising. I remember as kids, you know, we felt that it was the first album we'd ever heard that had no mellow songs on it. We were like (laughs) jumping, jumping up and down for joy. It's like, I can't believe it. There's not a single song on this that isn't heavy metal, right? Yeah. Um, But um, the production on Rising and on uh, Presence are the same. Right. Um, But those other two albums are gorgeous sounding compared to this and and judas priest is just a little baby band on a small budget no money and they turn in sad wings of destiny so so when you're when you're a snot-nosed kid and you're and you're a metalhead and you're 13 years old and you hear these albums and then you hear what zeppelin's doing it sounds like a bunch of old folks um, yeah because there's a lot of there's there's a lot of blues on it and and you know the heavy stuff isn't all that heavy yeah um, you know even achilles last stand yeah. And, you know, I, I even remember like if you're if you're a metal guy and and basically, frankly, if you're a Zeppelin guy, you think Achilles Last Stand is the album's masterpiece. Right. Um, but but even that, you know, uh, it, it just even that for a heavy metal song of that album seemed a little forced, like they were trying to they, they were trying to stay in that league, stay in that stay in that market or that lane. And coming up with this epic sort of thing, the same way Iron Maiden got that way with their long songs eventually. Well, right? music was totally changing at that time too, from mid seventies on to you know seventy five to eighty five. I mean, everything just completely did a one eighty for music. So yeah, 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 I could see how that would happen, especially yeah. being in that at the same time. But but um, I do I do like this idea. You know, I've never been able to shake this opinion, and I've had it since I was a kid that that basically, you know, Aerosmith was the baby Led Zeppelin, and they were doing a better job at it. Right. Well, I think Toys in the Attic and Rocks are two of the best albums of all time, too. I love Rocks. I think that yeah. Rocks is an amazing album. And then Toys in the Attic songs itself is just a great, too. Yeah. And, you know, they're on their third album. They're young. It's 1975. Exactly. And, and you listen to the variety and and how, how good a job they do on that. And you compare that to Houses of the Holy. It's like, ah, these guys are kind of better. Yeah. Because they, they, yeah, exactly. Um, so presence, we won't talk about the song means the same soundtrack, but that was next that came out. And I almost feel song means the same itself came out almost as a force because with plant getting in the car accident and all the rumors about Zeppelin breaking up, I think it's something Jimmy wanted to put out there just to let everyone know Led Zeppelin's still around on top of uh presence. So there was a song made the same soundtrack. Then we hit in through the outdoor, which is pretty interesting. Again, I think what I love about, you know, reviewing these with you, it's like, you really understand the aspect of each album though, because everything just sounds differently from one to house of the holy. Now we're at into the outdoor, just completely different, but your yeah. thoughts on into the outdoor. Yeah. So, so as a kid, we were all of course horrified because it wasn't <laughs> very heavy. Right. And, and I remember, 
I remember this was one of my fond memories. You know, I grew up in a small town, Trail, BC, and our, our big town close by was Spokane, Washington. And that's where we got our FM radio out of. And there was a station there called Creme FM. And they played the whole album right through. And I taped it and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, it was very exciting getting a new Led Zeppelin album. I would have been thir- uh, 16 years old at that point. Um, and, you know, uh, liked it enough at the time was shocked i love it to death now it's it's one of my favorite zeppelin albums i've i've often you know and this is this is a bit of a contrarian point of view you're not supposed to love this album as much as you do but but i absolutely do i i've i put carousel ombra way up the top of my list it's in my top five or six zeppelin songs Uh, like that hidden zeppelin song not a lot of people talk about yeah yeah and um and you know i i like in the evening and I, the, the mellow stuff, the bluesy stuff, um, Southbound Suarez, uh, I love it as well. Um, I love the keyboardiness, the, the joyousness of it. It's a happy album. Um, and, and, you know, the production on this one is, is kind of interesting. So, so when it comes to production on this, it still sounds, it still sounds like some version <clears throat> of old school, but it sounds right. like a really good version of old school and it also sounds like a unique and distinct version of old school like what what jimmy does to the drums is is really kind of vital and powerful i think i think the guitars you're starting to get that um that weird sort of coagulated um i have the flu guitar sound uh, that jimmy has on outrider and the two Mm -hmm. firm albums and you get that here um and you got a hint of it on on presence but not so much but here here's where it really comes to life so that's interesting um you know the symbols everything sounds really kind of interesting um it, it it reminds me a little bit about you know how searching metallica is about their productions and when they did load and reload um and they found something very different or saint anger or or you know the the fleming rasmussen you know the um and justice for all you know that that band really thought super hard to try go find something interesting and strange and i think this is the first time that jimmy finds something um interesting and strange it's it's a little bit of a different production but it's still accessible i love the production um and uh i don't think anybody's ever produced a record that sounded quite like that ever again or before yeah, it's interesting because it's not a guitar forward album of Jimmy Page in your face type deal because it's like, a you know, definitely a John Paul Jones album, a lot more keyboard heavy. So it definitely has a good feel to it. So let's wrap up the whole catalog. We Now we're at Coda. Talk mm-hmm. about a mix, mismatch of everything. So what's your thoughts on Coda for being the last album, the Swan yeah, Song? Yeah, I, I love Coda. Um, yeah, I you do know, too. So, so Ozone, Ozone, Ozone Baby yeah. and Darlene were both in Through the Outdoor things, right? right? And, and yeah, and to me, I, you could have put those on, you know, everybody talks about switching out songs for those and wearing and tearing, right? I love, yeah. Wearing and tearing it. I didn't really have respect for it till I saw plant plant and page played it at the network 1990 thing and they played it live. And I, that, then I had a lot of respect for that song. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a great song. So those three were all in through the outdoor outdoors, yeah. right? So, so yeah, you know, you, you think of take, take, you know, everybody plays this game of take the, the songs you like the least on in through the outdoor, pop those ones in and you would just love that album to death. I love right. ozone baby and wearing and tearing is obviously the heaviest song out right. of all. What are, what are we at? 11, 11 songs maybe in total now yeah. um, with uh, within through the outdoor and the outtakes. Um, and then they've got uh, we're going to groove, which is a good, heavy, early one. That right. was cool to hear on there. Um, what else is on there? Um, I can't quit you. Bonzo's yeah. Nah, I don't care about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bonzo's Montreal. Right. So those are two kind of fillery for me. And yeah. so what's left? I- 
another original, um, another good original, I think, of some sort. Funny. What is it? Where's my coda? Um, but uh, yeah, because there's only eight songs on it, right? So Walter's Walk. Yeah, Walter's Walk. One, so yeah, that's yeah. also really good. That's right. And Poor Tom's on there, which is amazing. Right. Yeah. So so Poor Tom's really, really good. good. Yeah. There, it, I, I generally like that album quite a bit. I just just because it yeah. is a mix of everything. Versus, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, usually the albums have, you know, a certain feel to them, but that album is just kind of all put together. So it's really, well, cool. yeah, you, you know, you don't really consider it a studio album. I mean, we right. know what it is, right? It's, it's a rarities album, right? Um, so it's, so it's, it's, it's not physical graffiti. It's not the same kind of right. put together that physical graffiti is. There's super old songs and then super recent songs on here and they all sound very different. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think Bonzo's Montro and I Can't Quit You Baby are really the only weak links on it. Granted, there are only eight songs, but the other six are all bangers. I mean, yeah. I, I think they're great. Right. Yeah. Well, so researching this, did you dive in? And what, what's your thoughts on the companion disc that came out with the Super Deluxe box sets? Do you have any thoughts on those? Yeah. So um, so when this book first came out, um, we we left that material out. Um, and then so and then they changed the the ink colors on the cover and called it expanded edition, right. right? And that's what just came back into print. Obviously, the original version doesn't exist anymore, right? So there's another 11 pages that uh, that kind of go through some of that stuff, right? Um, and really, there's there's not a lot. Zeppelin is uh, is at the low end of the totem pole, frankly, when it comes to how how many cool rarities do we have in the past, right? All right, um, so. Yeah. So most of, uh, most of what's in here. Um, so, so I, I basically like fretted really hard about what songs to, to put in as the rarities part. And let me, let me just go through what they are here. So, um, right. so we put in sugar mama. So that was one of the big new revelations of, right. of on across the, the discs, right? Baby come home. Uh, we've got as long as I have you. Uh, Which traveling is a rivers. recorded song. It's it's you. So with the expanded edition, you're diving in into a little bit of the live songs too. Yeah. Right? So so yeah. what I did is is the the rarities that I stuck in the book are a mix of um of the official you know new rarity stuff right. mixed with um the the a few live things that that rise right to the top in terms of semi officialness or just interestingness right like what you know there were good recordings or it was a really well done song and it's kind of modern sounding it's not just like part of an old blues song right um of course we've got traveling riverside blues in here that's a staple of, of zeppelin right you know i've i've got two pages on la la intro outro <laughs> rough mix yeah. i've got the girl i love she got long black wavy hair i've got something else come on everybody so you know we're really at the bottom of the barrel here right, well, white summer yeah hey, hey what you, what can i do of course is another staple i mean really zeppelin had the two rarities the, the whole our <laughs> whole lives they had two songs right, right. Um, we've got St. Tristan's sword in here, rough mix. We got key to the highway trouble in mind, rough mix Jennings Jennings farm blues. So that was a pretty substantial new thing, right? right. right. Swan song, not really substantial ribs and all carrot pod, you know, got that in here. And so that's what we put in. So it's, yeah. So it sounds like it's about a half, half of, uh, of the best stuff off of the rarities discs and half the best, most remarkable live things. Anyway. Yeah. Like, uh, come on everybody. And as long as I have you, I yeah. thought as, as long as I have you from 69 was pretty impressive too, that you could mm -hmm. tell they're going to be just an amazing heavy band. Yeah. So yeah. And my thoughts on the companion disc too, I thought two and three were pretty good. 
before, you know, you listen to it, it's like, you know, and I've, you know, I've heard the albums thousands of times and when I can't tell a difference or a very su- subtle difference, it's like, oh yeah, you shouldn't release this, especially into the outdoor with another one. The Coda companion disc, we were talking about Coda. That was a great mix of everything. So, cause they, they had the, um, they just kind of, that was everything left. They put on that one. They did the, Hey, hey what can I do? Traveling Riverside blue. So that one I really liked a lot. Yeah, you know, this is this is just a band, unfortunately, that that didn't have a lot of extra material at any point, you know, and, yeah. and so many bands do. I mean, it's it's amazing if you go on YouTube and and even look up Aerosmith. You think of Aerosmith as lazy people, right? Um, you know, the albums are far apart, and you hear all the stories about Steven Tyler and the right. drugs and that and doing the lyrics at the last minute. Man, every time they went to make an album, though, they they put together so many songs, and you could go through YouTube and and if you got real good search fingers, you could find <laughs> So many totally finished, complicated, well put together songs by that band, right? But Zeppelin, right. you know, Rush is the other famous one. Rush is even worse than Zeppelin. There's yeah. even less out there, right? There's, yeah. there's nothing. In fact, Rush, I mean, no, Rush doesn't have not nothing, but I is mean, is that right? Interesting. The stuff yeah. that they, they the, the, the only things they have are, are before the first album. So you've got Garden and a couple other right. things, right? That's interesting. Um, but literally along the way, um, if I remember correctly with Rush, they don't have a single rarity. I don't think they have a single song that did not show up on right. their album. Like no nonsense. You know, they just have their stuff ready to go, go in the studio, record it, no mess around, no extra. Yeah, well, they use it. everything, right? <laughs> you know, they the, the butcher uses every part of the cow kind of thing, right? Right. But uh, but yeah, Zeppelin, it's kind of funny. It's it's a little bit ironic in that um they could be so adventurous live, um, but yet have nothing left over right. in their in the studio. So yeah. not to put you on a spot, but do you have a top 10 Led Zeppelin or top five songs? Yeah. In fact, I, I actually just recently did one and we put it on Gold My Magazine. It was a top 20. So I'll, I'm going to guess and uh, I hope nobody takes me to task how close <laughs> this lines up. But, um, you know, I generally I could almost re- re- recreate this uh, off the top of my head and go even farther than five. But um, yeah. So as I mentioned, uh, In My Time of Dying is going to be up there. Houses of the Holy is going to be up there. Uh, Friends and Celebration Day is always up there. I would put Misty Mountain Hop. I would have nothing absolutely from the first two albums. Don't care. I mean, nothing there rises to the level of of in my top whatever. I I could pick three or four more songs from actually five or six or seven more songs from Physical Graffiti. I wouldn't have anything from Presence. I would have uh, Carousel Ombra in there for sure. Um, but yeah, boy, you know, I'd have Rover in there. I'd have a wanton song. I would have uh night flight even, which is kind of a simple poppy song, but I'd still have that in there. 10 years gone trampled right. underfoot. Yeah. I, I could literally probably go through that whole record. What, well, let's see house of the Holy, um, dancing days, definitely houses of the Holy, maybe song remains the same. Um, so yeah, that's uh, now I've, I've now named probably half the whole thing catalog. But <laughs> right. I, I love Ozone Baby too. Yeah. Man, I, I really I think that's a great song. So in in the liner or the notes in the back, and you mentioned it too. So it originally came out in 2017. Okay. Reprinted in 20 November 2022, right? And is that the expanded edition? Yeah. No. So so what happened was if you're saying it came out in 2017, I'll believe you. <laughs> um, but then there was there was an expanded edition like six months or a year later. Okay, once a companion then, disc then, came then out it, and all that. Yeah, then it went completely out of print for like three years. That's not a bad thing. And then it just came back into print, you know, whatever in the last couple of months. 
Right. Okay. So, so that's that's how that works. The expanded edition first came out quite soon after the original edition, but then but then they were just gone for for a long long time. Where the you know, and what happens there is the publisher basically makes a calculation how many copies we think we can sell and we can't sell quite enough to like literally make that huge commitment of putting it back on the presses and doing that whole thing. Right. And as I was reading some of the um, songs in the, in the book, and I was thinking this would be a great trivia game for Zeppelin fans. So read your, like take the song that you wrote about, leave the song title out and saying, Hey, this is the song. What guess the song? So as I was reading that, Mike, I have to do this somehow and figure out how I'm going to put it in the show. So maybe that's your next uh, thing. Do a trivia game box. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Any, any Led Zeppelin projects in the future or other books you're working on? Um, No Led Zeppelin projects. Um, You know, we talked about that album by album series before I'm, I'm starting to revive that, but with my, uh, with my UK publisher and uh, they're probably going to be more like trade paperbacks. They aren't going to be gorgeous, swanky books, but, but actually through the same publisher that did the Zeppelin, I've got some real bangers coming out for sure. Um, The Bowie was amazing. Like, like I say, that was the most plush. It's a hundred dollar book actually. Um, But um, and then, uh, yes, ACDC at 50, and we've got a, a 50th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon coming out and a 50th anniversary uh, Quadrophenia book coming out. And those will be, you know, really nice plush looking books. But, and I could see, you know, we, we, we originally didn't do a Zeppelin book of the series where I assemble a panel and we go through all the, the studio albums. So I could see, I could see doing that at some point right. um, because, you know, having done this book, um, there's so many kinds of Zeppelin books I really can't do because it'd be doing the same thing again. So if I just uh, ask all you guys and I would get you on the panel, probably yeah. <laughs> uh, if I just ask you guys and I'm just the moderator, I, it's yeah. now I'm putting your views into it, which is kind of yeah. cool. Well, I think you have a little bit of that in this book, right? Just so there's one section that talks to a couple of celebrities about Led Zeppelin and so forth. Well, well, no. So, section. so the way I do it in this book and in this series, so, so, um, that's the other thing. So every album's got an intro where I definitely get my whole say. And then what you're referring to is I, I do have uh, two or three kind of pullout sections right. where like I've got the interview with Aubrey Powell and I've got my John Paul Jones stuff in there and stuff. So so um, there there are these, these feature sections. But yeah, my whole say um, is this... Actually, what am I thinking about here? Uh, no, so, you know, no, the intros are, are actually... Yeah, that's right. The I'm 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 make, I'm getting it mixed <laughs> up with the album by album ones. Yeah, the album yeah. by album ones are where where I do an intro of my own. Yeah, here yeah. here my say is is every single song. But you're right. I've got these sections where right the, the Aubrey Powell stuff was amazing. Like, well, and I was gonna say you put that in the book too, talking about the object, yeah. and uh, you know that's a must too when you talk about presence because that thing's yeah, such I an epic that. piece. Yeah. And you know we saw it on Storage Wars not too long ago. Brian Knapp yeah. trying to sell it. So yeah. you know everybody knows about it. even if you're not in a Zeppelin. You know I have people from my work yeah. asking me, hey, could you get me an object? Just because they've yeah. seen it on TV, so oh, I love the object. I, I've done, I've done uh, fake record ads where I put the object in. I've, <laughs> I've done this whole Blue Oyster Cult project where the object right. works into it because of its relationship to John D and the uh, the Obsidian Mirror, or in Blue Oyster Cult terms, the Magna of Illusion, and and so like I've worked the object into a lot of things. I I love the object. <laughs> I, I draw it. I've I've done little collages where I've cut out things and had people hold the object and stuff, just like you know on the gatefold of uh, right, right. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's so well known. That's awesome. Well, Martin, thanks for joining me. Um, I'm going to wrap it up here. So I always ask my guests just a couple questions, just one word answers or so. You kind of touched on these already. So, but I'll ask you anyway. Um, Favorite favorite LP, favorite Led Zeppelin LP. 
Physical graffiti. Uh, least favorite LP, Led Zeppelin, of course. Wow. I think we're going to have to go with two. Okay. And favorite Led Zeppelin song? Yeah, let's go with In, uh, in My Time of Dying, right? Okay. It's, it's the double album of Led Zeppelin songs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to put it. I love it. Uh, least favorite Led Zeppelin song? Wow. Um, boy. <sighs> Maybe something like I Can't Quit You, Baby, or did they even write that? Is, is that theirs? No, no that's Hang not on. theirs. I don't okay, think that's so. not theirs. Yeah. So, um, so something similar. Like what? What would be? What would be the most, the least imaginative blues song? The blues song that they did write. Oh, I'm gonna crawl now. Well, I think I, the good thing I like is that I'm you can't crawl. think of one. I think that there's nothing. Yeah. No, I, I love this question. <laughs> Let me think it. I've never been asked this before. You know, hot dog is always a, a candidate, right? Um. You know, people always have it in for that one. And I suppose I do too. Um, well, some people don't like Living Loving Made. And you mentioned that was one of your favorite songs. Yeah. Also. No, That's you know what? I, I, Moby Dick has to be up there because I hate instrumentals. Right. Can't stand them. Just don't like instrumentals at all. <laughs> um, hang on. I don't know. I'm, I'm going I'm to keep <laughs> you here for a second because I want to get this right. Um, let me see here. Yeah, that's right. So, so. Yeah, because because uh, you shook me, they didn't write either. Right. I can't quit you, baby. They didn't write. Well, I think a lot of the stuff off Led Zeppelin one. Yeah. Well, and I, your, your time is going to come. Eh, yeah. Not a great song. Well, yeah. I'm going to point out one other thing too. Just talk yeah. about Led Zeppelin one real quick that I made a quick note of, and I found out in your book because I always was under the impression that "Babe, I'm Going to Leave You" was Joan Baez song. Right. I never thought anything of it. Just always growing up, you know, it's, oh, here's a Joan Baez's version. That's where they got it from. And in your book, you had Ann Bredin. Uh, she wrote, babe, I'm going to yeah. leave you. Then that's where Joan Baez got it. So that's where a lot of the lyrics came from. Yeah. So I well, found we that know really that whole plagiarism thing is, is two, three, four steps, traditional, non-traditional, right. you know, semi getting the title, right. The lyrics are half wrong. The lyrics are half right. You know, uh, what was, what was I going through? I, there, I was doing some exercise where I had to go revisit some of this Zeppelin live stuff. What the hell was that for? Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I realized how complicated it is you know how many times like all 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 those times uh, you know in the early 70s though all of those um you know blues medleys that they would do right and the stuff that they would throw in and then something would come up off the top of robert's head and he'd drop a lyric on top of that and they'd go for two verses of that and go to go somewhere else right yeah so you know talk about a, a rat's nest of trying to get the credit straight on any of that old yeah. stuff right yeah i agree so and then, uh, well, did you get the least the least uh, favorite song? You know what? Let's uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's go with your time is going to come. Okay, today. cool. And then finally, should they have continued after the O2 show in two thousand seven? Wow, um, I thought you were going to say should they have continued in nineteen eighty one? You know, uh, after the after the O2 show. So you you mean uh, playing live or right? Um, yeah, should, Led, should they album? have done a Led Zeppelin tour? Is just a one show? Yeah. You know what? I I uh, almost couldn't care less about them playing live. I would have loved to seen an album. I'm an albums guy more than a right. live concert guy, right? So, um, yeah, I I would have loved to seen them continue. Um, I gotta tell you, I get in trouble for this one too. This is a this is a really big one. I'm gonna get in trouble for because I I've I've said this before, but um, and it's a long, complicated story about how records are made to be broken and things get better and better and better and better over time. I think Jason Bonham has everything his dad had 
plus another 70 or 80 percent. Like I listen to those Black Country Communion albums Mm. or Jason on on the Zeppelin stuff or Jason playing with UFO and the things he does. He's got to be he possibly could be my favorite drummer of all time. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you don't have a weak link on the drum stool. That's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen another album for sure. Well, speaking of albums, what, what you have a thought on the Jimmy Page, Robert Plant album that they did walking into Clarksdale. So they finally got back together in 95 and 96 and they released this album. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, my God. Do I ever? I mean, I, I literally I, I consider that the Lost Led Zeppelin album. I right. love it to death. I think it's a masterpiece. Um, and, you know, I've, I've never actually done this in print but it would be a cool exercise to do on facebook and just watch the flame wars but um (laughs) i would i would almost put if i was to mix everything together and start ranking these albums i would probably go physical graffiti principle of moments absolutely those are one and two no doubt about it there's a big gulf after that and then you know walking into clarksdale and in through the outdoor and three would be fighting it out for the next slot for me I just love that album to death. I think it's great. Right, right. Well, I'm a big fan of Fate of Nations. I always thought that was a really good album. That, like that's that, amazing too. And even the first one's good as as well. Um, you know, uh, pick, pictures at eleven. Yeah. Um, but principle of moments. I went. I went a decade, fifteen years. For I was calling anybody who wanted to hear. Uh, I was calling that my favorite album of all time for nice. for like over ten years. Cool, cool. Nothing wrong with that. Well, Martin, thank you so much for joining me. I think we could do another episode just talking about albums next time, go through all the solo stuff because I'm a big fan of the solo stuff. So I could always talk about that too. So excellent. Excellent. um, Perfect. I don't have anything else. Any last plug for the book? Anything else you want to say about it? Not particular. I mean, uh, you know, a big part of my income is being a mail order guy of my own stuff. So everything that's in print, I I have copies of and I sign them and send them out of my office. So you can go to martinpopoff.com and um, and I ship them out within a day or two. Uh, so anything that's uh, in print, I have copies at martinpopoff.com. Perfect. Well, thanks, Martin. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. This is okay. fun. Well, thanks again, Martin Popoff, for joining me to discuss his new book, Led Zeppelin, all the albums, all the songs, the expanded edition. You could pick it up at Barnes & Noble for 15 bucks, so it's a great deal. You could also pick it up on Amazon. I think I saw it on there for 15 bucks as well. That is it, episode 10. If you need to reach out to me, contact at zepfan.com. Please, when you listen to the podcast, if you could leave a rating or a review, that's greatly appreciated. Until then, happy holidays. Listen to some Zeppelin. Rock on.